We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing tonight? Ivy Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling. I'm Sean Styers. Oh, I was about to say that empty chair is my co-host tonight. <laughs> Forgot my drink. Had to get something to wet the wet the will it or the, yes. whatever. Vince slid into the empty chair. So you went uh, you went bowling tonight, huh? Squeezed a little family bowling in between shows today. So we did it uh, yesterday. If did we you really? Yeah, we could That's have funny. easily ended up there at the same time. Was it packed? When you were there? No, not at all. It was pretty empty. We won uh, something like 4,000 of those tickets. You know, like, did you go to Strikes and Spares, I assume? We, we went to the south side, actually. We went to Chippewa. Oh, yeah. okay. That's that's interesting that we both went farther <laughs> than, you know, like. Way than we needed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we spent $60 for okay. the, because we had. We had to wait 30 minutes to get in. So we spent 60 bucks on one of those little cards that like you go around. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like the carnival in the front of the bowling alley. Yep. There and you win the tickets. And then, of course, you know, again, like the carnival, you take it up. And then for however many tickets are, you can get whatever. So 4,000 tickets. I was I was. uh, Have you been in? They have this claw, this giant claw, and they, they have these rings. And on each of these, and the rings are like about the size of, you know, like a dinner plate. Okay. They're like that big around. And on the outside, they have uh, ticket values, you know, like 100, 150, yep. 300, 600. And three different times, I stuck the claw in there and brought out multiple rings. Wow. I was I was the claw ring champion. You are a yesterday. champion. So Man. the bottom line was, because we had to wait 30 minutes to get into bowl, um, we basically, my daughter got a water bottle, this collapsible water bottle. We spent 60 nice. bucks. She got a water bottle. In <laughs> I got a collapse. And but you memories. feel like you earned the water bottle. And then you think about it. It's like $60 later. Yeah. Well, you got memories. Could have bought a whole a box of water bottles. Yeah, you could have, but that's okay. Yes. Believe By the way, not. I've got, Ugh. I've got uh snack cracker news to, uh, to deliver in this what? show. What does that mean? Very interesting stuff. Our old friend Carter Carls, formerly of the South Bend Tribune, yeah. who's covering Florida State at the Cheese It Bowl, has some Cheese It news, Ooh. and I'll get to that in rapid fire later. I think you it's just hilarious. Bringing up stuff that I don't even know what's happening. I don't even know what's. I'm just along for the ride, just like everybody <laughs> else. Let's go. <laughs> yes, Sean is a boss. That's right. I was. I was feeling it last night. I went. I think it was. 
I got three, my last two times, I got three of these rings with the claws. I got I'm like impressed. over a thousand, I think, total in my last two dips with the claw into dips those rings. Very proud of myself. Ah, that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, glad to have you with us here tonight. We've got a lot of quarterback stuff we're going to talk about. Of course we do. Tonight, you know, uh, you know, the report is out there on Sam Hartman. If you've been to our boards, you know, it's like, yep. it's a little bit of a touchy subject. I guess we're going to delve into it. You know, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit. You want to talk about Gator Bowl because that's what the boss wants us to predominantly yes. talk about this week is the Gator Bowl. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's talk Gator Bowl because we got another name football game to talk about that yeah. happens to be taking place in a couple of days, three days. And uh, it's our last chance to see Notre Dame in an actual football game for quite a while. So I'm excited about it. We are not Marshall can just change his name to Salty, I think. Uh -oh. Buckner's been put on a pedestal by Notre Dame media and fans and uh he was saying earlier little tb12 talk tonight has there been a more polarizing player in the last five years that gets talked about so much with so little production up to this point sure I mean, uh how about um uh tobias merriweather he has one catch for one <laughs> touchdown that's all anybody can ever talk about how about excellent that point how about excellent any point. one of the linebackers at notre dame that is a freshman or a sophomore right now but vince they're all being buried on the yeah. depth chart what are you talking I mean, about you can go on and on about players that we talk about with zero production so you know come on give me a break <laughs> give me a break oh my goodness all right so i guess the inevitable you know what we knew was going to happen Tyler Buckner, just for we are not Marshall, we're going to talk even more about Tyler Buckner without That's any right. Yeah, we will. Yeah, you know. let's go. Marcus Freeman uh, announced him officially as the starting quarterback yesterday. And, you know, we've been talking about him since, since uh, what, the, the end of November, mm -hmm. I guess, when, when, you know, it started kind of popping up that, hey, Maybe he's out there on the practice field, and it turned out he was on the practice field, and he was getting ready to go, and now here he is. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're surprised by this by any means. Not right? even a little bit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, I, no, I'm not surprised at all. And, you know, there's people out there, obviously, that, you know, there was some thinking that they would, he would split time with Stephen Jelly or whatever the case may be. The way I understood it was part of the conversation with Drew Pine was that, look, if Tyler is healthy, he's our number one quarterback. He's our starter. And right. I don't necessarily have a huge problem with that. And so the fact that he was named the starter doesn't surprise me. That means that he's been given the all clear by the doctors. And he has probably also outperformed Steve Angeli in practice because Mar- uh, Marcus Freeman said that they have both taken reps with the ones. And from here on out, it'll be Tyler with the ones, Steve with the twos, and Ron Paulus the third with the threes. Yeah. So I don't think anybody's all that surprised at the way things have matriculated through. I'm not, frankly, and I not that close to the situation, well, but I'm not surprised. No, I mean there's there's the whole line of thinking that a starter shouldn't lose his job because of an injury. And sure. now this, you know, this took a what the better part of three months, I guess, for him to to come back. But right. he won the starting job in training camp. And it and wasn't close. Yeah. And so he he won the starting job. Obviously, he's injured. The team lost both of those games. Things did not go sure, well. Sure. But once he was healthy enough to be back, here he is. He's got the, the job back. Now, you can obviously argue that at this point, Drew Pine had more experience than Tyler Buckner. So sure. should that experience have mattered? You know, there were ups and downs. You know, at this point, it's water under the bridge. But I, I, I guess the bigger question, if if Drew Pine had stayed, yep. what do you think the quarterback reps would look like this Friday? I still think that Tyler Buckner would have eventually been named the starter, and it would have been, you're the starter, and if we have to bring in the backup, we bring in the backup. I don't think – what is the schematic advantage to bringing in Drew Pine as a package quarterback if he is your number two? I don't think yeah. there is one, if I'm being honest. And if you look at it from just an X's and O's situation, Unless maybe like a two-minute drill type situation. Okay, if they like, like, like a Tommy Reese something when like that. it yeah, was Everett exactly. Olsen, like that whole thing. I could exactly. potentially see that. Uh, I could potentially see that. But, I, you know, I just – did Drew Pine do anything that would tell you – not he took the team eight and two over the ten games. He's got a ton of experience now. I get all of that. But did he do anything during his tenure as the starting quarterback to say – He's the starter. Hands down, no more competition. He's the starter the rest of this year and going into next year. I don't think he did. Like It's not, you know, you can say his biggest win was Clemson. He had 85 yards passing or whatever it was. You know what I mean? They didn't win that game because of him. Yeah. So I, I, it's not a situation. Yeah, it's not a Wally Pip situation. It, it's not a situation where he took a stranglehold of that starting position and nobody on the roster is better than him. Like I don't, I right. just don't think that that's the case. And that's see, that seems to be kind of the attitude that he had when when Marcus Freeman told him the yes. news. The combination of you know it was becoming obvious that Tyler Buckner was getting more reps in practice, and there was a chance that he was going to work his way, you know, back to being the starter as long as he was healthy enough. And they have determined that he is healthy enough, and you know now we know he's going to start. But between that. And the transfer portal quarterback news, you know, like it seems like, the, you know, like, the, you know, the question was, if Pine had stayed, what would the reps look like? Just based on the information that he received, I don't think he was going to, you know, there, he 
he wasn't going to stay around you right. know, because this is part of what ticked him off. The fact that Tyler sure. Buckner was, was working like, and just what you said, like, it seems like Drew Pine thought that like he had done such a phenomenal job that there's no way he should be displaced for the job that he did, you know, during the season. Now, again, we've been through this before. We don't have to completely relitigate it. And he's already sure. signed with Arizona state. So Which bygones, you know, but at the same time, Drew Pine did some good things. He Absolutely. had a really good stretch, but yes. Drew Pine also had some valleys out there. And, you know, to your point, he did not do anything over the course of 10 games, which is obviously almost an entire season. Yeah. He did not do anything to 100% without a shadow of a doubt say he has got to be the guy. There was there was enough doubt that they obviously felt like right. there was more upside for them with Tyler Buckner getting back in the mix. And it's and it's regardless of what anybody thinks of Tyler Buckner, because I know that there's a lot of anti-Tyler Buckners out there, and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to knock that. But regardless of what you think about him, if you look at what Drew Pine did, he didn't get a stranglehold on that starting job. And it was a combination of the fact that they said that they, from what I understand, they told him, hey, number one, we're going to go look at the transfer portal for a quarterback. There's going to be an open competition in the spring. And number two, you're not guaranteed to start in the bowl game because the original starter for our season is going to be healthy again. Yeah. So there's no guarantees. And he decided to take his resume, which – on paper, it's not bad, right? You were the starting yeah. quarterback at Notre Dame, and he's looking for a, a nice soft landing spot. He found one at Arizona State. Now he's not going to have the opportunity to have the offensive line that he had at Notre Dame. I mean, that that goes without saying. Right. But his resume as a starting quarterback at Notre Dame, eight and two, all these different things. He's a great leader. He's this, he's that, he's the other. That is a great resume for a transfer quarterback. And yeah. good on him for finding a spot. I mean, that's that's awesome. Right. Yeah. But the bottom line is he wanted to jump ship and he felt that that was his best opportunity. And that's fine. But I think over the last two weeks, I think we have all realized that you don't necessarily need to be in the portal to find a home either. So there's that. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Mr. 2.0 says he thinks, especially with mayor out, Buckner gives him the best chance to win <clears throat> pine or no pine. You know, and that's an interesting way. Of looking at it, and I, I, I think that he probably does. Oh, I will be curious to see how much he does run. You know, is is he going to need to run as much because of the fact that the offensive line is so much better? But sure, you know, the, the bigger point is this offense should be able to stretch the field a bit more. They should be able to go about things in a different way than they did when Michael Mayer was in there. And he does, Absolutely. you know, he does open up some different things in in terms of. They they already have a really good running game, and he has to be respected as a runner sure. as well, a dangerous runner. He just has he to does. know when to get down if he is going to go. And they need to not hinge the run game on him like that. That that's a mistake going into the game, and I don't think that they will do that based on the way the run game has performed throughout the season and the way the offensive line is playing and the running uh -huh. backs. I don't think they're going to do that. I hope they're not going to do that. You well, it's can't funny do that. because I I was having a little. You know, early in the Marshall game, I was having a little press box debate with, you know, someone from another outlet sitting nearby. And it was like, Buckner's got to run more. They can't run the ball. And then, of course, you know, fourth quarter comes along and look what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. But you can slide, you know. You can. No, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, We're not Marshall. No one's saying this quarterback room is playoff contention type of room. Not Buckner, Pine, or Angeli. The starter who wins us a playoff game 
and national championship is not on the roster. And I agree with that. And that's why they've been looking to the transfer portal to bring in somebody else. I, I can see where that's coming from. And no matter what Tyler Buckner does in this bowl game is going to change the mind of, of anybody uh, that hates him. So, I mean, he could go out there and throw for 350 yards, four touchdowns and run yeah. for another. And it's and not going to change should, anybody's opinion. Yeah. And I guess I, I should say like the Tyler Buckner we've seen so far, that Tyler Buckner is that's not fine. going to win a playoff game or national. And I have no problem with that. There's still potential, but none of us have seen it yet. And that's why, you know, Buckner kind of gets labeled with that. I do still think there is potential there. I do too. But we've got, He's to got see a lot something. of talent. He's got yeah. a lot of talent, but I think at this point we can safely say that he is injury prone. He, I mean, he he has injuries that, you know, he's injury prone. I get that completely. Right. But he also has not had a chance to be behind the offensive line that he's going to be yeah. behind in the bowl game and moving forward for that matter. So it's going to be, again, you can't put everything on the bowl game that is coming up if you're, you know, a, a Tyler Buckner fan or if you're a Tyler Buckner hater. But if he balls it, out. If he changes, balls out, it's a new conversation. I'm sorry. It's a conversation quite a bit, especially I, going into the offseason, right? It absolutely, it's going to be one hell of a competition with whoever they bring in as a transfer and Tyler Buckner. And for that matter, Kenny Minchie is going to be there in the spring and Steve Angeli is going to be there in the spring. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have a four-way, you know, competition. Now, I don't think it's going to be an even comp. Like, it's not going to start out with everybody right here. I don't, I mean, I, I just think that's unrealistic. I think you're going to have the transfer and Tyler kind of here. And then you probably will have Steve and whoever the incoming fr- and, and Minchie, you know, kind of a step behind. But that's just reality. I mean, from an age and an experience standpoint and all of that. So, you know, again, it's not going to change anybody's mind, but it will certainly make the conversation different, in my opinion. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop with a super chat. Tyler hasn't even thrown a touchdown pass this year, which is kind of crazy to think about it. Like, because I've, you know, like gone back and looked at his stats a couple times. It's like no touchdown pass, but he did run for a couple. But uh, well, he says it's high expectations to expect four touchdowns from him. And it, Hartman isn't coming to be on the bench, he says. And okay, I didn't say he was going to throw four touchdowns. I was li- I was actually saying that is like a sarcastic situation. I'm not anticipating that he throws four touchdowns. But what if he does? What if he does? Yeah. I mean, it's possible. That I, I can tell you right now, and if you watched the show earlier today, South Carolina's defense not very good. I mean, they they're were already top, not very good, and they're missing both top two corners. Two corners, gone. both gone, plus some defensive linemen. They're it's like both sides of the ball. You think you think that like if if as a Notre Dame fan, you're worried about maybe losing I you know with with Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer not being there. It's like South Carolina is missing just swaths of the team that they're not going to have on both sides of the ball. Top now, two rushers, tight ends, right. running backs. Notre Dame is losing two guys. Two of their best players, don't get me wrong. Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey. That's it. South Carolina is gonna is missing like six to eight legitimate starters on their team. Their tight end depth chart is one guy. One guy. It's not even a depth chart. It's just a guy, right? I mean, that's obviously just an example, but Notre Dame is in a much better situation from a depth chart standpoint than South Carolina is going into this game. Number one running back, gone. Two tight ends, gone. Number one, number two corner, gone. Their best defensive lineman, gone. Like, it's a lot of, that's a lot to overcome. Just, it is, you know, just saying. So, is it out of the realm of possibility that Notre Dame 
can take advantage of the fact that South Carolina wants to run a lot of man-to-man and you know do a lot of things, and maybe Tyler Buckner could eat on that. It's not out of the realm of possibility for me. No, I know, and that you know Tyler Buckner's got to be a smart runner if he's going to Absolutely. run. But, but the fact you know they want to play that much man-to-man with a quarterback like Tyler Buckner, you have to be able to take advantage of it. You know, you know, again, now you don't want to have to rely, and you shouldn't have to rely on him to be the sole guy running the ball the way this line has developed over the course of the season and what we've seen from a running game that at one point was averaging well over 200 yards per game it is still at what it's like 186 I believe it is right now so we we know it's a good running team we know it's a good offensive line and I think that Tyler Buckner can only add another element to it do you think Steve Angeli is going to play this Friday at all I don't not unless not unless Mr. Injury Prone gets hurt I mean I don't i it's going to be a number one and a number two situation. And number two only comes in if you're winning by a lot or losing by a lot or an injury. Like those are the only, that's the only way I see him playing if I'm being honest. And, you know, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. The touchdown to interception ratio, Micah, is zero to two. For this year. What about total? Did he throw any touchdowns last year? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're talking about his career career. this year. I mean, again, he threw a a couple through some of the Virginia Tech game, but that's when he, yeah. 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 I don't think Angeli's going to play either, unless they say, we're going to give you a series in the second quarter or, you know, and or the third quarter or something like that. I just, I don't see it. But, but I do think the best thing that happened to Steve Angeli is one, you know, again, you don't want to see your starting quarterback get hurt, but when Buckner got hurt, when he moved from the scout team into right. that number two spot and he got he got reps with the offense the entire rest of the season, I think that helps him quite a bit because it is going to be a quarterback competition in the spring. Absolutely. And he's still going to be on the roster. Yep. And, you know, he might not be the one that a lot of people are talking about right now, except for that, you know, Steve Angeli fan base, <laughs> which is out there, which is fine. But he's going to be part of that competition, at least to some extent, as well. So, yeah. three to five is his touchdown to interception ratio. Three to five. Career. Yeah. It was three and three last year, and zero oh and two this year. So, yeah, there you go. Yes. So there's all that. right, and, and and let me just address this real quick. Whoever the transfer quarterback is that comes into Notre Dame, it is very, 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 very clear to me that no one is being promised the starting position. Now, okay, let's pretend and say that it's Hartman or whoever is coming in here. Do they think they're going to come in and win the battle? I hope so. I mean, I hope that's what they think. But there's nothing that is being promised to anyone. And And let me reiterate the fact that last year was the same situation. That's why certain guys did not come to Notre Dame. They went someplace else. And those guys are now in the transfer portal again, trying to find their third and fourth school. So, Notre Dame is not promising anything to anyone. So no matter what anybody else thinks out there, that is not happening. Now, if Sam Hartman or whoever thinks they are, that's great. They can think they are. I want confidence coming in here to Notre Dame. I want that. I want competition. But nobody's being promised a starting position. Nobody. So there you go. I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. Now at the same time, we had a quarterback competition this fall. We had a quarterback competition last fall. Both of those air quote competitions 
were done within the first week of training. Oh, yeah, it was obvious. Now they had the spring to compete as well. But I think it's good. It's it's only good that there's competition. Do we think that they're going to bring in a transfer quarterback to sit? No, you wouldn't think so, especially if it is Hartman and he's got five years experience. Like, no, you wouldn't expect that. But if one of these other guys wins the job against a guy with all that experience, I would think that you've got to be feeling pretty good about those guys. Absolutely. I mean, I love I love how everybody thinks they know what's going on. That's awesome. That's good for them. That's <laughs> hilarious, frankly. You're gonna get a double dose of salty Vince if you keep it up tonight. Jeez, it's Don't make me stop this car. So DC Irish and Jelly and Buckner should split snaps. This game should be about playing young guys. No. Figure out your depth chart is more important. I mean, this game is about winning the, the game. Chart. The yes. game is about winning. That's what it's about. It's not yes. about, is this an, let's is everybody this play. an exhibition game, or is it a game that you're trying to win? Because no. it's a game you're trying to win. It's not about just running young guys out there. Hey, let's see what you got. That's what practice is for. Like, we may not be able to see those practices, but that's what coaches have. They, you know, that's why they film it, and they go back and watch that film, and they evaluate the film, and they, you know, evaluate them when they see them live. That's what that's all for. So Yes. It's about winning the game, okay? I'm not going to do my uh, – what? oh, gosh, what was his name? Uh, former Arizona State coach, right? Uh, Herm Edwards. play to win the game. Play to win yeah. the game. Look, they want to win this game. It's not about everybody getting a participation trophy. That's not what a bowl game is about. A bowl game is about winning. Can you take things out of losing? Sure you can. No doubt about it. We've talked about that all season. But it's not about just, hey, let's let all the young guys play and see what they can do. That's what practice is for. Right. Okay. That's not what games are for. Right. So, you know, people saying that are probably the ones that want that have all their participation trophies hanging up <laughs> on their wall behind them. Okay. That's not what it's about. Isn't Period. isn't that what that board behind you is for? Isn't that for like an IB participation? It's like a participation award right board there or something. That's what it right is. Back there. <laughs> and for the last time, whoever comes in has the opportunity to start. They are not guaranteed to start. There's a big difference, people, a big difference. And again, this is, and we've talked about this before, but this is this is essentially based on what we have been told. This is why JT Daniels was not at Notre Dame Correct. last year. And he's because, back in the transfer portal, by the way. Yeah, right. And he's <laughs> at Rice now, by the way. And that's yeah, what he's the Jesse one you and I were talking about this last week. It feels like, oh, mm -hmm. Rice. And they're, they're like rolling out the red carpet for JT Daniels because it's like, hey, you don't have to compete for a job here. Come in. You'll be the starting quarterback. But I have no problem with them telling him, you know, last year in the offseason, look, if you want to come here, you're not just going to be named the starter. You have to compete for a job. And it's somewhat similar to what we're talking about with Hartman. Now, you know, JT may be a bum, but he still had starting experience. And that's. That's that's the bigger picture point. Correct. I think is whoever you're going to bring in, you're going to tell them you're competing for a job. You're not being handed anything. You've got to compete for it and win it. That's hilarious. Notre Dame is in no position to dictate. Uh, it's their team. It's their program. These coaches can dictate whatever yeah, the hell they want. I think they are. What are you talking about, <laughs> dude? They can dictate whatever they want. Like, come on, man. He was in here earlier. He's a hater. He's an SEC guy. Ah. All right. As far as the depth chart for this game, anything stand out to you? And, and again, we're going to talk specifically about Hartman at the top of rapid fire. So that's coming up here in a few minutes. Yeah. So if it, like if you came for the Hartman talk, 
we'll get more into it. Okay, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump into it a little bit more once rapid fire starts. So we're we're just kind of depth chart, Vince. Anything jump out at you? Not specifically. I mean, the depth chart is pretty much identical to what it's always been throughout the entire season. The only difference is guys that have decided to not be on the team anymore are no longer on the depth chart. I mean, that that's really the only difference. I mean, I made this point earlier today. You know, if we're if we're talking about the depth chart depth chart specifically, Junior Tui Alamaka has been practicing at what position, Sean? Viper. And where is he listed on the depth chart? Nowhere. Middle linebacker. Was it, oh, that's two. right. He's number two at yeah. middle linebacker. He's the number two middle linebacker. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I pretty much take the depth chart with a grain of salt. I don't – it doesn't mean anything to me. It, uh, you know, it's not like the coaches are beholden to only playing the guys that are on the depth chart. And if you're number one on the depth chart, you get this percentage of snaps, et cetera. No. I, the depth chart means pretty much buff kiss to me. Yeah. It literally says Tyler Buckner or Steve Angeli, and Marcus Freeman said well, he's the number one quarterback. So who do you remember the offensive line depth chart? I'm trying to remember who was at the top of the offensive line depth chart going into Ohio State because Patterson was injured, and then they basically ended up starting somebody else, or was it Marshall? One of those two games, they ended up starting somebody. Do you remember that? Do you remember oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, vaguely, but yeah. Again, the depth chart means zero. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Even though we did an entire show breaking down the South Carolina depth chart today, uh, <laughs> the depth chart means nothing. It means nothing. So, <laughs> well, and especially for them, it's like, who are these guys? I haven't seen you since <laughs> since you were in high school. Yeah, a lot of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like you know, yeah, like Chris Tyree continues to be the number one running back. There you go. Chris Tyree hasn't started a lot of games. Right. And even if he does, is he going to get the majority of the carries? Right. Probably not. I mean, right. he's he has become kind of a gadget running back, a third down running back kind of a thing. They'll put him in the slot, they'll move him around. It's exactly what they should be doing. But again, the depth chart just means nothing to me. I, I It's great to have it. It's easy to find guys, you know, quicker than looking at the entire roster. So, I mean, it's nice to have. But like, does anybody here think that Jalen Steed's not going to play in this game if he's healthy and ready to go? He's not on the depth chart, so that must mean he's going to ride the pine the whole time. Come on, now. yeah. Like that's. I mean, silly. they're going to get they're going to get guys like him. Yeah, out there. Play. You know, he's only played three games to begin with, and this was something else. I can't remember. I don't. I, don't, I think it was Jesse and I talking about this. Like the NCAA came up with that bowl game exemption, so if you've already played in four games. You could play in a fifth game, the bowl game, and it not have it count against your, um, you know, your right. your eligibility. You could keep your red shirt, which is great because you have all these people in the transfer portal, you know, so sure. it helps you preserve and get young guys in. Well, it would have been nice if they had made this that decision at the beginning of November so that, you know, exactly. maybe they could have even gotten Sneed on the field for one more game. Well, they would have gotten Angeli in in one of the blowouts towards the yeah. end. Yeah, remember that was a whole. If they thing were preserving him about. because they didn't know. Yeah, like, why would you right. not tell coaches that this was a rule earlier than now? Like, right. it's so silly. Like, but it's typical NCAA. It's typical, right. very typical. Uh, Father David Penny, would that count for playoff games as well, hypothetically? I and now I so. assume we're talking about the eligibility yeah. thing. But I yes, so because yes. I mean it's. 
the only opportunity that you have to play more than one game, it's only going right. to obviously basically you can instead games. of four, you can go up to five now <clears throat> this year. Yeah. But but he's saying, could you play six? Could you play two? Because they're both postseason. You know, are either one of those going to count against your red shirt? Good question. It only affects two teams out of the 130. So right, you know, right. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can't say for sure on that, but yeah, I mean, we're going to see. Like the depth chart, sometimes they just kind of throw some names up there, it seems like, because what the depth chart and the two deep say does not necessarily translate into what we see out there on game day. One guy who started to make, you know, kind of some inroads for himself toward the end of the season, we started to see more of Jordan Botello. Yeah. And he's a guy who kind of has me has my curiosity peaked going into this Gator Bowl because of... He's going to have an opportunity. You know, just, he's been around for a long time now. Yeah. You know, and there's... It's always been, you know, potential, potential, ability. You know, it's it's all there, but he hasn't put it all together yet. So are we going to He's going to get an opportunity in this game uh, with the absence of Isaiah Foskey. I believe he's listed as the number two Viper. So he's going to get his opportunity uh, in this game. They can't just play one Viper. So Jordan Botello is going to get some time on the field. And I also wouldn't be surprised to see the backup Mike linebacker playing some Viper as well, even though he's not listed on the depth chart at that position. But since that's where he's been practicing for the last month, that would make sense to me. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to see again, we're going to see a lot of people out there that we haven't seen much of in the past. And that is fine. That's great. But again, at the end of the day, the goal is to win the game. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Salty's asking if a guy could play three games, then four playoff games, keep his red shirt. You know, one, the four playoff game scenario doesn't come for two more years. So I'm sure by then they're going to tweak this again to yes. some extent. I, th it's I a one believe, year thing right now. I believe it said you could play mm -hmm. in one extra game, you know, it on did, top but of I'm, the four. But it wouldn't I surprise would. me if the NCAA didn't even think about the fact that two teams are playing two games in the postseason. Like that thought probably never even crossed their mind when they made this rule. But I believe it's just for this year, for whatever reason. I don't think that's a continuing situation, but I guess we'll find out. Mark Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.